bad. Has now been around for three seasons and coaches everywhere are saving time and being more efficient when it comes to scout cards. Coach Robinson from Texas says, the thing I most enjoy is the ease of access to all the scout cards and how I can draw on them if I need to make any changes. Every coach that uses it says that it is so great to use. If you and your staff are tired of the old ways of preparing and using scout cards, check out thecoachpad.com to start enjoying scout team and making the 2023 season better than ever. Uh, welcome to another episode of the Gap Downbacker podcast. Uh, today we have Coach George Harris with us. He is an assistant coach at Our Lady of Lords High School in the great state of New York. Um, coach, how you doing? I'm doing good, man. Thanks for uh, having me on. No problem. Appreciate you coming on. I mean, I mean, we're going to talk some double wing today because I kind of put that feelers out there because I've been looking at some stuff and I had um, Coach Valatone who wrote the toss on and I read his reread his book. Um, yeah. and I'm reading Hargett's, um, not wing T, but it's uh, like wings and things offensive book. And um, Coach Murphy had some stuff in there. Um, so I'm kind of just that, seeing what people know, seeing what people go into. But kind of, I mean, before we get started, how did you end up as an assistant coach at uh, Our Lady of Lords High School? Well, uh, I mean, I have a son who's 15 and he's been in football since he was six years old. And I coached him all the way up through his youth experience. And then, you know, coming towards the end of that, one of the local coaches here um, was going to Lords as uh, as the JV coach. He was taken over for the eventual, you know, to be the varsity coach and, and asked me to join him over there as an assistant, you know, and they'll make the progression to when he takes over. Uh, so I, I did one assistant year with him uh, on JV. And then he went up with a couple other guys to varsity and they uh, they put me on as the JV head coach. And uh, get involved with the double wing and stuff like that was was because of him. I, I I was more of a, a wing T fella, you know, and and based that in my youth offense. And then uh, he taught me. Uh, it was uh, Coach Sean Keenan taught me the double wing, um, coming into it. And you know, I took to it pretty quickly. And you know, I, I like all aspects of it. You know, so you kind of like you dig in deep when you're going to be the head coach, and you know, you have to be able to teach every position along the offensive line and all the skill positions. So. You know, I, I dug pretty deep into it, man. I love it. It's a, a it's old school and it's uh it's fun to coach and it's easy to coach, especially, you know, at our school, we don't get a lot of dudes coming in. You know, we're a private Catholic school, but we're not allowed to recruit. We're not in a Catholic league. So we, we kinda gotta you know, whoever comes there is who we get. And a lot of times half my kids, you know, if you got eighteen freshmen coming in, like twelve of them never put a helmet on before. So, you know, your work's cut out, but it's kinda like having that you know, having a double wing helps because the the kids pick it up pretty quickly, you know. And I think that's a different perspective because, like, I mean, obviously you're helping progress it so they get to, to the varsity level. And then, like like you kind of mentioned when we were messaging back and forth, I mean, your head coach um, that, you, that kind of brought you on had 20 years of experience in the offense. So, like, so when you're talking about learning the offense, I want to start there. When, when he brought this – now, how did he teach – how did he teach that offense to his staff? That's my first – I think that's the interesting point to start with is how do you teach it to you guys before you took it to the kids? Well, for – like, for him teaching me, like him and his his guy, uh, Jimmy Fedigan, had been together, like I said, for 20 years. Um, we started with the offensive line. We, we were a Calandy uh, blocking style team, shoulder blocking, and it started with that good God methodology and teaching assignments for power, 
and then when you when you have power built then you put in your counters as far as you know everybody's everybody's job responsibility you know it's 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 real simple i mean the the uh, you're probably familiar with the Kalani method where uh you know you call for we number evens to the right odd to the left so it's two four six eight to the right free back is the left wing back so 34 powers are are you know nuts and bolts right you can't run the double wing if you can't run power and four hole is the tackle he's good so he has you know good is inside gap uh on outside gap down he goes through his progression so the kid comes to line and you know as whatever they line up in like he's covered you know i mean he knows what he's gonna do and us being a uh you know catholic school it's easy enough to tell a kid every good man who's good the man towards the ball has god inside of him right so gap on down for that fella and then the center is always man on man away for power which is you know each position is easy enough to teach and then you just kind of like piece by piece put it in you know as you go the man outside the hole is the uh gap down backer or the kingpin as we call him and you know that's his responsibility is gap down backer so whatever if he's facing a six a five or whatever it is he knows what he has to do and uh, our wing back has fbi because he's always chasing the kingpin so he's first backer inside and and that's the like nuts and bolts of it and then from there everything kind of feeds off power anyway and you're that you have your your uh verbiage installed and everything else i mean you got wedge which is you know it's more like doing it is the only way you could teeth wedge. You know, you just can't, yes. you know, the fouling. So we make some 300 references and stuff like that and, you know, yeah. try to visualize for them. But we have a pretty good system. I, I developed a PowerPoint for the kids based yeah. on that stuff, uh, based on Calandy stuff and then our verbiage and terminology. And it's like a 60-slide deal, which teaches the kids from, you know, it's like football 101 with the offense mixed into it. So it works out pretty good for us. You know, we got some pretty smart kids. I mean, they test to, they test to get into the school. At least that's what they tell me. <laughs> My kids in it, so I mean, it can't be that hard to pass. <laughs> I mean, kind of. You also mentioned like you're going in year four with this, and we'll hit on some things. But how? What do you? I mean, I'll phrase it this way: What have you learned about the offense over the three years? Like, how is how is your, not necessarily opinion, but your thought process with the offense, installing it, running it evolved over the three years of being involved with the offense? Uh, I think from an outsider's perspective, when you see this offense, you know, you kind of look like, oh, this is peewee. You know I mean? I, I know that a lot of people think that and they're frustrated with it. They don't, it's not a pretty offense. You know, uh, I don't know how many kids are listening at home, but uh, you know, it's the analogy is like, she's not good looking, but she has other attributes that are, are uh, desirable. Uh, what I learned was there's a rhythm to it and you learn how to discreetly set things up. And if you can keep things looking as much the same as possible, then it, that's where the conflict is. Cause you really, your different influences are just trying to get, you're only looking for a crease, man. And uh, unlike today's society where they're looking for, you know, that instant gratification, that home run ball, like we're not, we're not playing home run baseball. You know, we're more like, you know, the Yankees were in the mid nineties where we're like, Oh, we're going to nickel and dime you and, you know, and, and grind you and take our three yards and three yards and four yards. And then eventually you're going to step wrong. And that's when we're going to hit it big on you. You know, it's, it's just patience. You know, we, we had a lot of drives this past year that were 16, 17 play drives. And it just, it just really, especially on the JV level, it just sucks to will out of the teams you're playing against to constantly just get, you know, bludgeoned with these little body blows. And, you know, 
you run wedge and you get eight yards. It's just, it's man, it's, <laughs> it's, it's awful. You know what I mean? As, as a defender, you yeah. know, there's like, what am I going to do? Especially as a, a junior varsity kid or even on our varsity, our varsity offense, you know, ran the same deal. And it's, it's just frustrating. You see the other teams just like, you know, what the hell are we going to do? These guys are just running fullback up the middle and they're not doing anything special, but they don't understand what we're actually doing. You know what I mean? With the wedge and, and it, when it's run right, that it is almost impossible to, to stop for at least a three or four yard gain. I mean, unless you have, you know, dudes, you know, on the other side where you have their, their TNT and their, you know, big time dudes on, you know, in, in every gap, then there's nothing you can do with that if you're just physically outmanned. But that's the beauty of the offense. Like you don't have to have dudes up front to, to run it. You know what I mean, and when you get new kids, it, it works out really well. Now, I mean, well, yeah, I can't not see it today. It's been a long day already. Um, but like from when I'll, I'll go this direction first, since I can't enunciate properly for some reason right now is what defenses do you typically see at your level? Like, cause I, I remember I, like when we ran the double wing, um, we saw initially a lot of like five fronts, odd fronts that, I mean, borderline were seven fronts at some times. And then as the season got, got along, we saw more six, six fronts four four six fronts. Um, what do you guys kind of see and how do people kind of try to attack you guys? Well, most of the time we've seen teams open up with that five, four, two, you know, where they're going to, they're going to put their safeties on the outside shoulder of the tight ends or, or on the wings at about eight, nine yards back and, and play that way. And then they'll, you know, they'll do the five man front. Sometimes they'll do one, a zero with, with basically a pair of ones and do like a TNT front, or they'll do a pair of twos with a nose covered and then play a six on our defensive ends, you know, and head up on our, our tight ends. And that's usually what we've seen. And teams will bump to a six where they, they'll sit in every gap and then kind of have an overhang on the backside to wherever the boundary is and then have their, their, their other side, you know, in that outside gap and that will be their D. They'll, they'll stack it that way. And just kind of like, you know, it, it's, it doesn't really matter. I mean, that's what's good about those, those Calandy rules is that whatever they have, there's kind of an answer for it, and and the kids have their own calls on top of that to adjust to where if they can't get there, or you kill one of the pullers, and you know because we pull two guys every play, you know, and and depending on who we're playing and what the film shows, we might go gate, which is the guard and the tight end, or we might just go guard tackle, and uh, it also depends on what the refs are doing. If if they don't like that Superman block from the tight end, and they're calling a cut, then or the chop block, then you know you got to kind of switch it up and have that installed where you can pull a tight end instead or just go solo and and send the guard but either way you're creating that you know where however you line up we can still create more gaps than you can cover especially when we bring the the pullers along the way with the fullback and the quarterback when we're under center you know he's also leading the way so it's just a numbers deal really it's, it's kind of hard to keep under three yards when you have that many gaps to cover and that many blockers to lead the way are you guys still true foot to foot like I, yep. I know, I know some teams play with the spacing six inches, whatever. But are you you guys are still full true foot to foot and, yeah. and the, line the, as far off as possible? Yeah, we try to. I guess the best way to do it is for our kids when they when the center comes out, you know, our our guard will set up, and he we want his hand to be even with the heel. That's his aim point, and so that creates that little pocket there. And our quarterback is basically foot to foot with the guard. Like he's that's far how far back we get him until. Till they tell us to, you know, till they flag us, man. Till, you know, you want to be back as far as possible because 
most teams are going to try to grab your pullers or they're going to try to submarine them, you know, bear crawl into them. And, you know, the, once the pullers get jammed up, that kind of makes it sticky on the front side. So if you can get them far back as possible without them giving tipping where they're going, you know, that gives you the advantage, uh, them being as far back and being pulled. Because we've had teams just grab the back of our jerseys of the guards and, you know, and, you know dare the officials to call a hold on them. And rarely do we get that call, but, it, you know, that's our job. You know, we just mentioned it to the ref, like, hey, listen, you know, we've seen, we've seen this, we've seen that. Just keep an eye out for it, and you hope that they, uh, you know, they hope they're on their game that day. Now, and you mentioned submariners there, and I, I always think it's interesting to ask people who run the double wing or even wing T offenses or triple offenses that get those. How do you, how do you deal with it? Because I think everybody's got a little bit different technique or different way they deal with it. How do you guys, ba- from a base perspective, deal with the submariners who are just trying to take out your kneecaps? Well, there's two ways to do that, right? There's there's play calling where you got a lot of submarinas. You can start doing your rocket, get your jet going, you know, and that's going to slow that down a little bit because it doesn't do them any good to – they're just creating a pile for their and slowing down their backside pursuit if they're doing that. Or, you know, the kids – you know, these kids figure out their own brand of justice sometimes, and, you know, they they might lean on a kid or land on them and, and let them know that that's – they don't dig that. I mean, if you take a helmet to your knee a couple times – as an offensive player, you know, you, you might accidentally step on someone's hand or you might, you know, fall on them and, or let them know that, you know, that's, that's, that's dirty ball. As far as I'm concerned, if you're cutting someone's legs out, you know, we don't teach that to as a defensive guy to be jumping across and trying to wipe knees out. That's, that's not safe. And it's not, it's not fair. These are young kids. And even if they're in college, it's, it's, you know, it's, it's not the way to go about business. So, I mean, the kids will, they, they kind of have their own brand of justice in there and, and, that's kind of part of being a football player is being tough and, you know, understanding what you're going to tolerate as a player. But we say something to the ref, you know, I mean, they're not supposed to be doing that either, but it happens. The, the bear crawl, if it's done cleanly, then, you know, the kid's on the ground, he's neutralized. You just push his head into the ground and, and keep on moving. You know, that's, that's the best way to go about it. But if you're being held or if he's tattooing your knees, you know, unfortunately that does happen, but you know, the kids, you know, They'll come to the sideline and say, hey, coach, they're, you know, they're, they're putting, they're hitting my knees or they're, they're just diving at my legs or trying to hurt me or they grab my ankle or twisting and, you know, to, to stop a puller, I would hope it doesn't happen, but we've seen it. And, you know, you just, you just got to deal with it. You got to get them off you. And, you know, mostly you can just save your kids from getting in trouble and start running a little more jet and, and, and go about it that way. The submarine too stops wedge. I mean, they try to do that. Yeah. You know, that's just, it's, it's hard to push the pile then, but. I mean, you just bump one out. You can run dog after that and, you know, collapse that kid down. There's a big wide hole open there. So cause and effect, right? Every every action has an optional, opposite reaction. So you just kind of feel your way through it as a play caller, as a coach. You know? now, now, a double-ended question here is, what percentage of your varsity offense do you get in? And then with that, what is your typical in, install um, schedule kind of look like? Well, we run – so – our varsity coach got, we went to a clinic out in Boston um, last year, one of the Glazer clinics. And uh, he's a big, you know, he's a big fan of this fellow who's uh, always promoting the wing tee. So he kind of wanted to like sprinkle that in this year. And I said, well, as, as a JV guy, I really, I don't really want to do that per se. We're a double wing team. So if I could stick with the base double wing and I wanted, you know, we put gun wing in because it was the same blocking. It was just, you know, you know, it looked a little different and the spacing was a little different on the line, but 
for the most part, you know, it was the same stuff. So he let us just do gun wing and, and under center double wing, which is, you know, the base of it. So it said like our uh, under center was our wife and gun wing, which I got mostly from uh, the Tim Murphy stuff was, is, is our mistress. So we install it the same way as a varsity. And in fact, when we start camp, we're all together to make sure that we're all using the same lingo and, and uh, implementing the offense in the same fashion with our ND time and, and team time and stuff like that. And we'll, we'll rotate too. So as long as there, there's no equipment, we're allowed to co-mingle the kids. And it helps too, because the, the older kids help teach the younger kids. So you start with power. What are your next plays you go into? Oh, yeah. Power, counter. Um, and the, the rules for counter are very simple variation off of power. Um, wedge is installed very early on. And then we'll, we'll decide based on personnel, at least I did on JV, you know, are we a rocket sweep team? Do we have the athletes? You know, do we have that guard that can get out there? Or how are we going to, you know, variate from installing sweep or rocket based on who we have offensively to, to kind of get out in front? You know, what, what's going to suit our personnel better? But by the time we get to sweep in that, we already have an idea, you know, on, on who's going to be, you know, like the dude is always the guard. You know, your dude lineman, who's the best athlete, he probably would be a good tight end, you know, or a fullback. He's your guard. And he's, he's you know, he's probably your best athlete, you know, in the under center stuff. Now, now with that is with bringing in the shotgun stuff for first, like, I mean, you mentioned a little bit of it is because of the wing T stuff, but why, why bring in the gun aspect of it? I mean, because Tim Murphy's stuff is not hugely different than the other center stuff. I mean, obviously it allows you to run the Trojan sweep, which is a little different. Um, but like, why bring first? Why bring in the gun stuff when you already have the under center stuff? Well, it's it's also optics, right? I mean, like I said, she's not very good looking, and the the gun wing stuff almost almost tricks the the people who are watching into thinking they're watching some sort of zone read, you know, look to it when it's really just it's still double wing plus. Uh, we knew we were going to have a kid this year who was an exceptional athlete and could throw the ball. So, you know, for a double wing team, especially a JV one to throw 12 to 15 times a game was, was a lot. So we wanted to be able to utilize him and we didn't have a real dynamic athlete playing fullback. So that's also a variation the, the gun kind of de-emphasizes him as a ball carrier, but we still wanted to keep the under center stuff for, to use wedge and, the power aspect of it and it just gave it, it gave defenses more of a look to defend and we had a good jet package more so out of gun wing than we did for uh under center okay so it's sexier basically you know <laughs> i i get it i get it now now with that is i mean is there any like obviously there's some things you can do a little bit better pass game wise and seeing stuff but is there is there any other adjustments um that you had to, you personally had to make for your kids from going from the under center to the gun stuff. Obviously some of the footwork stuff's a little different for your running back because of positioning and all that. Right. But is there any other adjustments that you guys had to make from when you went from the under center stuff to the gun stuff? Yeah, I found that our wide powers or, or even the powers worked better um under center. And it was because we couldn't figure out the time. We were getting chased down on the backside of it quite a bit where, you know, when we're under center, it seemed like that guy was just barely missing our guy when he's, he's turning it up and maybe because it's such a short area, but between the snap and the timing of it, 
and him coming across because he's stacked on the tackle. You know, we found that a lot of the times, like it, it held the backside defender, the backside linebacker, but he was never going to make that play anyway. But the defensive end would kind of come down hard. So we had to kind of figure out a better way um, blocking wise and, and sacrifice a few things under gun to get power going, you know, that way. And, and a lot of it was showing him a few pulls, you know what I mean? And, and letting them keep it, you know, let the quarterback keep it. Even if he just had a, a call from the sideline where you see they're cheating and you just give him like a little, you know, a signal from the sideline to, Hey, it's okay if you pull this thing and take it. But uh, that was the adjustment was getting like we had, we ran under center power 36 and 34, no problem. But sometimes when we try to go gun, that defensive end seemed to like, it was, it's only like this close, you know what I mean? Of, of timing. And, and he would, he was getting there. So we had to like, maybe not Superman or, or figure something else out where we went gate instead where the, the tight end went and the tackle would kind of hinge back and, and just get a little piece of them to slow it down. But I mean, that was all trial and error. Cause, cause, uh, my guy who had run this double wing for a couple decades, you know, finally acquiesced to let us go gun. And, and, and once we did, he was like, wow, I wish I would have done this, you know, years ago, just to have that little extra, you know, little change to it. You know, I get it. Like, I mean, obviously Tim Murphy's had a lot of success with it. I know some other schools did, and we saw a team this year that ran it. I mean, going forward, are you probably looking to run more of the gun stuff or the um, under center stuff? I'm going to, I'm going to stick to, to what we did this year. And, you know, a lot of it when you're, cause we have a good, uh, our league, which is section nine has a, a good film pool, even for JV. And now we'll see how teams defend us. And, you know, some teams struggled with us being under center so that maybe they'll see it more and it'll be more of a, an ebb and flow kind of thing, but I'm, I plan on keeping both of them, you know, and it's, it'll also be personnel dependent. Like right now, I don't know, I don't know who my quarterback's going to be. So, if I have a quarterback who's not a dynamic athlete, you know, then we might go 90% under center, you know, and let him be, you know, more of a lead blocker and, and instead of a ball carrier and a, a ball handler, you know, it, it kind of depends on what you got. I know I have three good running backs coming back that were freshmen last year that will, you know, if we can go under center and not miss a beat, you know, kind of depends on it's all personnel dependent, you know, got a good tight end. Who's a dude. And you want to give him the ball, then, you know, when we got a kid who could chuck a little bit, then, you know, it will probably be in the gun a little bit more, even though we had big plays out of the under center passing stuff too. It just, I mean, it's just the, the nature of the offense. You sit there and you're getting bludgeoned and bludgeoned and those safeties are creeping up and, you know, they're worried about power. And next thing you know, the, the tight ends, you know, six yards behind you and you just, you know, over the top or you hit him with a bullet and he's gone. It's, it's really, it's a pain in the ass. I'm glad I don't have to defend it other than practice. And then the last question I got for you, um, Coach, is do you have any um, tips or suggestions? I always like asking this question for people trying to um, add the offense or install the offense for the first time, uh, whether it be the under center or the gun stuff. Um, do you have any tips, suggestions, pointers, anything to kind of help people out? Yeah, don't dabble. If you're going to do it, uh, be all in and commit to it. Uh, I know a lot of teams – a lot of schools will they'll want to uh, just flirt with it and maybe we'll do a goal line package and you know well this doesn't work you know what I mean they don't they don't commit to it but if you commit to it because it, it it really is a, a mindset and a culture it's a whole different ball game to to run this offense so if you're gonna go double wing you know make sure you there's a lot of people out there who can help you go go get some clinics get the Tim Murphy stuff read up as much as you can 
get some different flavors and inputs because that's what I did as a coach. It wasn't just, you know, what Coach Keenan gave me when I got here was, you know, well, what else can I learn about this offense? You know, read the toss, you know, go over Tim Murphy's stuff, get into the Calandy stuff and, and talk to other coaches about it. But, you know, it's, it's about commitment. You know what I mean? Just like the game itself, man, if you don't, if you're not all in and you're going to like half, half ass it, then you're going to get out what you put in. But uh, the offense is great. And uh, don't, don't get uh, discouraged by not having the prettiest girl at the dance. You know what I mean? Cause, cause uh, this, this offense can boogie all night long. All right, coach. Well, thank you for coming on. Uh, coaches, make sure you like, share, subscribe, all that lovely jazz. Uh, check out our sponsor, Coach Pad. Um, and then that is in our episode of the Gap Down Backer podcast.